You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey everyone, John Wertheim here. It is this week's Sports Illustrated slash Tennis Channel Tennis Podcast. We are live at the All England Club, and our guest is Tim Henman. Tim, of course, is a former top five player, a four-time semifinalist here at Wimbledon, member of the All England Club, and I would say the figure who might be most closely associated with this place. Uh, he is very active in the tournament, BBC commentator, but also behind the scenes. And this is a nice conversation we just had on the terrace. Bit of uh, talk about the big three and their dominance and some tennis shop talk as well. So uh, here's Tim before the men's semis at Wimbledon 2019. We have uh, three familiar names in the men's semifinals. We all stand there at awe. We all recite the statistics, but yeah. go go deeper. What what is it that has enabled these three guys to remain these titans? I, th- I think one uh, I think one element that isn't talked about so much is their defensive skills, and and you know they have uh, great weapons. They play consistently at such a high level, but it's it's often how well they defend. And, and are able to, you know, stay in rallies and uh, nullify their opponents' best shots and and their athletic ability, the way they move, their balance. I, I commentated on Nadal yesterday against Query, and um, you know it, it's phenomenal how how well he moves from the back of the court, his footwork. Um, when he's able to stay in points. I think being a lefty when he hits that sort of looping forehand cross-court deep into the backhand side, um, they are just, they're at a different level. People talking about the next generation. Where, where is um, the next generation? The next generation is trying very hard. It's not through lack of effort, but they are, uh, there is a significant divide between the top three and, and the next generation. What do you think that does to the rest of the field? It should motivate them. And I, I think it does. I think they, they. I think everybody's aware that these three are um, perhaps three of the greatest male players of, of all time. So it's not as if they're saying, "Oh, this is an easy opportunity. They should be stepping up and, and winning these big titles." Um, that's that's just not the case. I was sort of saying the other day, um, 
it would be much easier to quantify if they were 100 meter sprinters because you would say these top three are running it in nine and a half seconds right, and right, everyone else is ten right, and a half right, so right. unless something happens unless they slow down and the others speed up that gulf is 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 not going to be um breached it's uh it's pretty remarkable it, it is this, yeah and, and they uh, i was doing some radio yesterday and uh, um russell fuller um quoted rafa from um from about five years ago saying you know this generation i.e that the, the top three they're not they're not going to be around much longer and, <laughs> oh, right? yeah and uh, and all of a sudden here we are yeah i was gonna say we uh, you remember when when federer lost here i don't know 2014 mm. and it was the vultures were circling and could this be, did yeah. he wave extra long because he knew this was the last time he saw center court <laughs> it is it's amazing what you can read into when you're sort of fishing for a story he, and um, there's been you know there's been a couple of moments i think for for all of them um federer obviously when he had the knee injury and then he lost the roundage here he took the remainder of the year off how's he going to come back from right, six months right. off rafa has had those uh, those periods when um whether it's been his knees or his or his wrist how he is he going to bounce back and then um you know Djokovic the same had uh, you know issues off the court had his elbow surgery and uh look at him they've now. all come back better than ever uh good tournament over oh, oh, you know what tell people what you do you're yeah on the grounds you are omnipresent and you're so commentating. from my from doing? my tournament point of view um we have our main board that I sit on and then we have different subcommittees so you might have health and safety or ticketing or um, or tennis and I chair the tennis subcommittee so um, I'm leading on wild cards, order of play, um, roof protocol, those types of things that are discussed throughout the year and obviously become live live during the tournament so um, that's that's the, the tennis element and then I am working for uh, the BBC for these two weeks and then eight days at the World Tour final. So those are just the two events I do television for. Um, and um, and then I also uh, do a sort of a bit of ambassadorial work with HSBC, Rolex and Jaguar. This is uh, it's a good time. Busy, busy good, days busy, for you. But busy. what what is it like when the, the circus comes into your town? I mean, this is uh, 52 yeah. weeks a year and then yeah. here we've got these two weeks when it actually happens what is yeah. it like everyone comes to your house it's amazing yeah it's it's uh, i mean there's an enormous amount of preparation i mean the the joke is that preparation starts the day after the tournament is finished right. and, and that is because it is such a it's such a um big production there's 240 full-time executives um there's you know a master plan that's that is one master plan is coming um to a conclusion with the see the roof has been done the indoor courts across the road will start to be demolished pretty much straight after this. Is that right? Um, yeah, and that's probably a 18-month project to be ready for 2021 championships. So that's six new indoor courts, six outdoor courts, underground parking for 350 cars, and there's already a tunnel under the road. That's that's on the other side. No, like, that's on this side. That's on this side. Yeah. What, what are we doing with the golf course on the other so, side? So yeah, now that's another master plan that is um, started to to be worked through. Um, I think your your the first priority would be qualifying there um, to have. 20 would you would you move matches there, like the way the I French think, Open did? Well, I think the... I think you know you've got to look at all aspects. You know the the you know if you had a if you had a uh, a blank piece of paper, you'd probably say you'd like to move the road. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, it's that's, a good way to look at that it. That yeah, is, exactly. That's a challenge, but um, definitely to incorporate. We have uh, 40 acres on this site. Right. The, the golf course is 80 acres. Um, so we're not, not going to be able to, you know, develop, you know, um, huge stadiums over there. But, you know, there's got to be that... Um, you can make use of that for yeah, more than uh, exactly. I mean, you know, would you say a tube station so that you know all the spectators, the majority of spectators, arrive on site? And right. Then, um, but that that is that's probably that's a fun though, right? 80, yeah. It's I mean, a, it's a huge opportunity, and there's there's the you know the vision and, and the desire to keep improving. What uh, we have you to thank for no. 24-22 in the fifth set matches. Thank you for that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, th th there's two elements to that. Um, I I'm very happy that there is a finish line. Um, I, I think when you looked at what happened with Anderson Isner, there was the real concern that would would there be no, a final? Nobody won for that. Nobody yeah. um, nobody would have uh, benefited if he if Anderson wasn't able to come back and, and compete. I would also say um, the optics of four. The four majors all finishing final sets differently. I don't think it's a good one. You don't. And we no, I don't. Uh, I, I and we are part of that problem. Um, but you know, can that communication? You want, you want me to? Uh, you want me to play devil's advocate? Yeah, on yeah. That? Go for it. First of all, it's we haven't had a single twelve-all match, and I think the Australian Open we had, had one doubles in doubles, yeah, singles, in singles. singles yeah, we haven't yeah. had one. The Australian, I think, had three. Yeah. Different surfaces, different parts of the world. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's such a small percentage of matches. Sure, and that's certainly why when we looked at 12-all, when Anderson beat Federer last year, 13-11 in the fifth, no one said we want a tie break. Yeah, good so, point. Yeah, so you a, yeah, you hit a threshold. 12-all, yeah, you say that's six sets in the men's. You know, right. if you haven't got a winner by that stage, then it's probably time to play a tie break. So I do like that balance, but I just think the optics of it, when if you're a, a fan and you're watching these different events and you're not quite sure of you know, when yeah, the, the finish, finish line, line is, is, is it a 10-point yeah. tie break? Is it a 7-point tie break? Is it an advantage set? Is it 12-all? Anyway, so, it, it is it is what it is, but I, I know because I spend a lot more time in the referee's office now and, and understanding the impact that those very long matches can have on the schedule if someone's playing singles and doubles. Um, it, it's, it's a lot more relaxed now when you get a, a long fifth set. This, uh, set. I mean, we, we have a similar version of this in television where if you show Rafa, people say, how come you're not doing Roger and if yeah, the women yeah. go first they say how come the men have to wait if the men go first you say the women are getting second class treatment. yeah I don't, yeah the, the scheduling is just a, it's a challenging conundrum is yeah it is the, and and I think um you know uh every decision that that, that Wimbledon make uh, a lot of thought goes into it but you also have to understand that that sometimes you'll make someone happy and someone unhappy and that goes with the territory. You, you, you know, again, it would be great if we could play four matches a day on centre court and court one. We can't do that because of the surface. You know, right. it has to be protected. Um, and and you know, three and three can be but, can be challenging. But if my if my math is right, there were more women's matches played so far this tournament on yeah. the show court. Singles than the matches. Singles matches. Yeah. yeah. Of course. So um, before yesterday, there'd been twelve men's, twelve women's singles on centre. Right. There'd been eight men's matches and seventeen women's singles matches on court. One. So, seventeen um, women's on to eight men's. Yeah, on court one. Is the ATP so uh, huge, huge inequality? Be, exactly. Is, <laughs> is this inequality uh, been lost on the ATP? Yes. Yeah. Um, you're talking about consistency. The the one that gets me every time. I don't know if you have feelings about this. Is the the USTA's strange and perplexing and, and fairly intense push for 
on-court coaching. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, it's um, it's something that I feel extremely strongly about. Um, I wrote uh, before the French Open to 30 players and ex-players, um, really to um, you know get some some more opinions from people that have actually played the game. And uh, I haven't had one. I probably had a dozen. 12 to 15 replies um, from players and ex-players and I hadn't had one person, uh, male or female, supporting the notion that on-court coaching is good for our sport. It's the, it's the one unique characteristic is that when you're on the field of play you've got to work it out for yourself and, and uh, you know at this championships um, we've had some unbelievable matches both men and women, some great storylines and, and um, I don't think in any way uh, to have a coach walking on the court or shouting from the, the, the sidelines without value. They, but they all do it. That's, that's, that's essentially been... That's so I checked this morning to right. see if there had been. Um, and in the women's, there'd been uh, three coaching violations all in doubles. And, in and doubles? I, oh, <laughs> I found that quite we, interesting. We've had, two, we've had uh, I think, 251, 251 singles matches so far. Yes. You're and, telling me... Uh, uh, so does coaching go on? I'm not going to sit here and deny that you know if they if the encouragement of clapping and you know a call of move your feet is that coaching? I would say it is coaching. Uh, is it difficult um, to sort of stamp out an entirety? Absolutely. But is that going to have a massive impact? I don't think it is so much. But a coach walking on the court or a coach holding up signs, giving signals before every point. I think it would be well, or, horrific. Or coming on and, and yelling exactly. yelling yeah. in uh, Russian In to a the different player. language that, that yeah. you know, not many people understand. Um, so I, I'm, you know, I know Wimbledon are absolutely categoric. They are um, completely against and, and listening to a lot of other people, I think that, that feeling is, is, um, is across the board. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So if you were if you were thinking about a change and other majors were categorically against it, mm. would, wouldn't that cause you to uh, think long and hard about proceeding? I mean, is, is there a solidarity among the majors of... Well, I don't think there is uh, at the moment because the USDA are, uh, seem like they've been keen to implement. Obviously, they're... Uh, they're 
their rhetoric changed because um, they had requested with the ITF to have um, perhaps the opportunity of on-court coaching in the main draw events, and then that seems to have been withdrawn. But that does um, seem to have been withdrawn. Yeah, and and it's oh. so I, I'm not 100% sure exactly where they stand, but I absolutely categorically know where the All England stand and and where I stand. It does seem like this relationship among the majors is something that. Uh, I think it needs Sometimes work. Perplexes. Yeah, I yeah. think it needs work, and and from my point of view, with my role at Wimbledon, it's something that I want to get more involved in. And uh, you know, we have um, a lot of expertise around our our boardroom, um, and I'd like to think that my expertise in tennis is is in tennis, and so this is the landscape that I want to be more involved in. And I think there are other tennis people at the other slams who want to be involved in that dialogue and, and, and I think that can only be a good thing. I think when tennis people are around the table talking about tennis issues that can only be good for the sport. If there are lots of people that have never played the game around the table and that includes the ITF who are making trying to make decisions for the sport when they've never played the game, I don't support that. Uh, Alright, finally we've got uh, two more rounds to go, men and women. Yeah. Good, good event so far overall? Very good, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think there's been um, a real cross-section of stories, um, a lot of upsets in the men's early doors with uh, Zverev, Tsitsipas team all, all losing, um, the big three showing their dominance. Um, but again, uh, you know, going back to the Coco Gorf. Yeah, I was going to say, um, the, the wild card, but yeah. well done on that yeah, decision to always, give a qualifying wild card. We don't card always get it right, but, uh, you know, that one was, was on our radar, um, you know, quite a long time in advance, probably through the help of, of Team 8 and Tony Godsick. Um, made you aware of that. Yeah, uh, exactly. And, and so following her results and, and looking at the other options, um, we were very happy to, to give her that opportunity. And, um, you know, it was it was a, a little bit of a, a step into the unknown. But having looked at her past results and seen the level she was playing, um, it was amazing to see her, you know, sort of breeze through qualifying, won her last round one-on-one against the top seed <laughs> and then drawn against Venus. So that's been an incredible story uh, for Wimbledon. And I think she's going to, continue to be an amazing story for our sport do you want to weigh in on how often she should play or should we leave that for uh, no I, I think just balance you know um, looking at uh, um, you know her mentally and physically uh, just just to remain patient she's going to be a um, she's going to be an incredible player she doesn't need to rush it but she's got great people around her um, I spoke to her parents on, on several occasions and then you know with the likes of of Tony and um, you know, but you, you do feel like there's a real infrastructure there, and yeah. nobody's using her as their ATM no, machine. No, 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 exactly. They they can look long term. This right. isn't some. This isn't sort of make hay while the sun shines. Exactly. This is this is going to be a you know a huge career, and she's got to make sure that you know she doesn't push herself too much to get injuries and have setbacks. But um, it's going to be exciting sun, to watch. Sun shines till 37 now. Yeah, um, yeah. It was great. You're entirely too. Uh, reasonable and rational to be uh, involved in tennis <laughs> policy making but uh, well, thanks no, no it's a pleasure we'll, we'll keep in touch alright thanks to our guest Tim Henman always good talking with Tim uh, that will do it for this week's podcast from Wimbledon the All England Club enjoy the final few matches and we will have a new guest next week thanks for listening keep the guest suggestions coming you can subscribe and leave a review wherever podcasts are sold have a good week everyone and we'll do it again in seven days